0: You are listening to the audio podcast of Gethsemane Baptist Church, located in Long Beach, California, pastored by Eli Reynolds. All right, what a great job. You have some good singing in your church. Have your Bibles tonight, the book of Hosea, the book of Hosea, chapter number 14. When I was talking to the pastor about the message tonight, I've only preached it one time, but I, uh, I love the thought, and I hope the Lord will let me preach it more than that. And so tonight will be two times, okay, two times, all right? In uh, the book of Hosea, I love the book of Hosea. If you're not familiar with the book of Hosea, I would recommend uh, getting familiar. It's one of the most beautiful Love pictures in all the Bible. It's a beautiful picture of God's love. Okay, uh, the Book of Hosea, chapter fourteen. Once you find your place there, if you can find Jeremiah, chapter three as well. Can you do that all together? Can making it hard on you? Okay, and Jeremiah chapter three. We're just going to read that verse quickly, and then we're going to read uh, Hosea chapter fourteen. Okay. If you're able to, if you don't mind, why don't we stand tonight? I'm going to go to Jeremiah, and if you'll turn there, and then we're going to go to the book of Hosea. The book of Jeremiah, chapter 3. I hope that you will come Monday night. The preacher's been very gracious. He gave you Wednesday night off. Wednesday night off, okay? Look at Jeremiah, chapter number 3. I'm just reading this verse just to uh, back up what I'm going to say here about uh, the the book of Hosea. Uh, look in Jeremiah chapter three and verse fourteen. Turn, turn, O backsliding children, saith the Lord. Now watch this phrase: For I am married unto you. You see that uh, God likens His relationship to Israel as a marriage. And if you are familiar with the book of Hosea, God demonstrates his love to the nation of Israel, and he uses that marriage between Hosea and his wife's name is who? Gomer. Remember that? And uh, Gomer was uh, unfaithful to Hosea as the nation of Israel was being unfaithful to God. Israel had turned away from God. They had turned to idols. But God demonstrates in the book of Hosea, by using the marriage of Hosea, of saying to the nation of Israel, Look, I am married to you. I want you to know I still love you, and I want you back. I want you back. Isn't that just it's, just, it's just a beautiful picture of God's love for the nation of Israel. But there is a, that, that is the application there, uh, the interpretation really of the book of uh, Hosea. But there's a, there's a deeper, I should say, application. Not only is God demonstrating his love to Israel by this marriage of Hosea and Gomer, but God demonstrates his love for us. Because really the Bible is about God, God loving us. Somebody said the Bible is a love letter, amen, of God expressing his love to us. I love that, okay? Look at Hosea chapter 14 now. The book of Hosea, I've covered a lot of ground there. But look at Hosea chapter 14. And look with me, the book of Hosea chapter number 14. And look at verse 1. O Israel, return unto the Lord thy God, for thou hast fallen by thine iniquity. Take with you words and turn to the Lord. Say unto him, Take away all iniquity and receive us graciously. So will we render the calves of our lips. Asher shall not save us, we will not ride upon horses. Neither will we say any more to the works of our hands. Ye are our gods, for in thee the fatherless findeth mercy. I will heal their backsliding. I will love them freely, for mine anger is turned away from him. I will be as the dew unto Israel, He shall grow as the lily and cast forth his roots as Lebanon. His branches shall spread and his beauty shall be as the olive tree and his smell as Lebanon. They that dwell under his shadow shall return. They shall, what does it say? Revive as the corn and grow as the vine the scent thereof shall be as the wine of lebanon i love verse 8 it's not my text but man it is a good thought ephraim shall say what have i to do anymore with idols i have heard him and have observed him In other words man i have heard about the lord and uh, i've seen the lord What would I want to have any more to do with idols after what God has to offer, okay? Ephraim shall say, what have I to do any more with idols? I have heard him and observed him. I am like a green fir tree. Uh, From me is thy fruit found. Who is wise? And he shall understand these things. Prudent, and he shall know them. For the ways of the Lord are what? By the way, the ways of the Lord are right. For the ways of the Lord are right, and the just shall walk in them, for the transgressors shall fall therein. Our Father, we sure do love you tonight. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for this beautiful picture that we find in the book of Hosea, that your love for Israel. But Father, also, we find in this great book your love for us. Father, I pray tonight that you would help us. I pray that you would meet with us. Father, we'll be careful to thank you and praise you for what you're going to do. For it's in Jesus' name we do pray and ask it all. Amen. I appreciate so much your patience. If you would, you could be seated. And we're going to come right back to Hosea chapter 14. But I want you to hold your place here. We're going to be looking at some verses. In Hosea chapter 14, I want you to turn to chapter 3 just very quickly tonight and just kind of nail down just a little bit more about about this relationship uh, between God and Israel and then uh, the relationship between Hosea and his wife, Gomer. Look at chapter 3 and look at verse number 1. Then said the Lord unto me, Go yet love a woman Beloved of her friend, yet in an adulteress, according to the love, watch this, according to the love of the Lord toward the children of Israel. So God is demonstrating in the book of Hosea, God is demonstrating his love for those people, for the nation of Israel. May I remind us tonight that God demonstrated his love for us by Calvary's cross, amen? And uh, there's a beautiful picture here in Hosea, but what even a more beautiful picture. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Go back with me, if you would, quickly to Hosea chapter number 14. And I want to draw your attention tonight to our text tonight. will be found in verse number 5. Hosea chapter number 14, and look with me if you would at verse number 5. The Bible says God is speaking to the nation of Israel and he says a very interesting thing. Now again, if you want to have some fun with the book of Hosea, next time you read it, just the chapter 13, chapter 14, just go through and begin to underline the I wills. The I wills in the book of Hosea. It will it will surprise you of how many times that phrase will come up. But look here, Hosea chapter 14 and verse number five. The Bible says, God speaking to Israel, says, I will be, I will be as the dew unto Israel. I will be uh, as the dew unto Israel. I find it very interesting that God likens himself to Israel as do. D E W, do. Do. We understand the importance of do. And uh, I don't know how much you have do here in California, but we have a lot of do in Mississippi, okay? Oftentimes when you rise up early in the morning, And you go out into your yard and there is some grass and there will be some dew. There will be some dew and uh, some dew upon the leaves. Dew is very important. Dew, watch this, dew helps to prevent things from drying out. Without dew, things can become a desert. Here, God lackens himself as dew. What is dew? Dew is refreshing. And what God is saying to the people of Israel, they had turned from him. And God loved them. And God wanted them back. And God wanted them to turn from the idols and turn back to him. And God says to them, I will be as the dew unto Israel. God is saying to Israel, listen, I I want to bring a refreshing to you. I want to bring a refreshing to you. And may I say tonight, if we're not careful in the Christian life, that you and I will become dry. And you and I would need a refreshing from the Lord. And God wants to be a refreshing to you and I and to uh, to this great church tonight. Some of us tonight need a refreshing in our fellowship with God. We need a refreshing in our fellowship with God. Some of us tonight need a refreshing in our marriage. Your marriage has become dry Some of us tonight, our fellowship with God has become dry. We need a refreshing in our churches across America. If we're not careful, our church services will become dry. If we're not careful, and I don't mean this ugly, we do similar, same way you conducted your service tonight. We do practically nearly the same thing. You'll open up with a song, and you have a song. You'll stand, you'll set. You'll stand, you'll set. And sometimes, if we're not careful, it will all become mechanical. And we'll kind of just go through the mechanics of having church. And before you know it, we do it for so long, and we do it for so much. It, we, we, it becomes very dry. I submit to you tonight, if we're not careful, we become very dry in our ministries. Uh, we'll become very dry in teaching our Sunday school class. We'll become dry uh, in in that which we do for God. If we're not careful, we'll become dry in in our preaching. We'll we'll become dry in in our service for God. If we're not careful tonight, uh, we'll become dry in our worship for God, in our worship for God. And, And we need a refreshing tonight. And as we sing the songs about the love of God, several of the songs were about the love of God tonight. And if we're not careful, we'll need a refreshing. We'll become dry in our worship for God. If we're not careful, we'll become dry in our praying. We'll become dry in our praying as I was praying in the hotel room and And just, you know, talking to the Lord and just kind of confessing to the Lord, thinking about this message and and just saying, God, I just don't want to become dry. As I, as I communicate with you and as I talk to you, and I just kind of go through the formality, and, and my prayer life becomes mechanical and, and, and just becomes dry, and there's no heart into it. And I'm kind of just going uh, through the motions, and, and I, I don't want to become dry in, in my praying. Hey, if we're not careful, we'll become dry in our Bible time. You know, we'll read those three chapters a day or those seven chapters a day and we'll read our Bible through. And I I think you ought to do that. But but if we're not careful, we'll read our Bible. But if we're not careful, it, it will become dry. And we'll, we'll need that refreshing. And, and the relationship that God had for Israel, uh, it, it had become dry. And God is saying to Israel, I'll be as the dew uh, uh, is. Uh, I I'll want to bring a refreshing to you. And, and may I say tonight, uh, God wants to bring a refreshing to you and I. God wants to bring that refreshing. If we're not careful tonight, we'll become dry uh, in, in our witness. for God, we'll, we'll, we'll pass out that track. We'll, we'll, we'll give the gospel. And we're we'll, not careful. We'll, we'll do all the things that, that we're supposed to do as a Christian and as the pastor preaches. And he preaches about reading your Bible. You can check and say, I do that. And the preacher preaches about uh, uh, praying. And you can check the list and say, uh, I do that. And the preacher preaches about being faithful to church and you can check and say I do that and the preacher preaches about witnessing and you can check and I I, I do that and and my friend and the preacher can preach about you know getting involved in church and you can check and say I'm involved but if we're not careful tonight it will all become dry and it will become mechanical and we'll find ourselves being in church for years but we're just kind of going through the motions. There's no real heart there. And Israel had turned from God, and and God is saying to Israel, I will be as the dew unto Israel. And God is saying, as you would get up early in the morning and you would walk out there, and there's that refreshing dew upon the grass to keep that grass from drying out, God is saying to Israel, that's what I want to do for you. That's what God wants to do for us, and that, my friend, is revival. Look at the text again in verse number 5. The Bible says, I will be as the dew unto Israel. I want you to notice tonight in in the rest of that verse, verse number 5. Watch this very carefully. And then he says, he shall grow as the lily and cast forth his roots as Lebanon. Look at verse 6 carefully. His branches shall what? Shall spread. And his beauty shall be as the olive tree. Do you see that? What is he saying here? He is saying, once I bring that refreshing, there will begin to be a flourishing. Hey, you will begin to flourish. You will begin uh, to grow. Once God brings a refreshing, there begins to be a flourishing. May I say tonight, God wants this church to flourish. God wants your marriage to flourish. God wants your Sunday school class to flourish. Hey, God wants you, as a child of God, God wants you to flourish. My friend, if we're not careful tonight, not only will we become uh, uh, stale and dry in our Christian walk, but my friend, we'll become stunted in our growth. Did you know tonight, no matter how long you have been saved, it doesn't matter if you've been saved for a week or if you've been saved for 50 years, you should always be growing in the Christian life. Go with me, if you would, quickly tonight. Turn, keep your place, or we're gonna keep coming back to Hosea chapter 14 tonight. I want you to go to Psalms 92. The book of Psalms, chapter number 92. God wants you and I to flourish. What do I mean by that? God wants you to grow. And God is saying to Israel, He said, Once I bring this refreshing, your branches are gonna begin to spread. You're gonna begin to grow. Look in Psalms 92, and look at verse number 12. The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Ladies and gentlemen, God wants you to flourish. God wants you to grow. My sister, assistant pastor was with me for 23 years. He passed away. He was 90 years old. Man, he was a great blessing. He was a great encouragement to me. He had pastored a church previous. He had started a church, and when he turned around 67, he felt led to resign, and and I approached him and said, how would you like to come work with me? And he prayed about it, and he came back and said, I'd love to do that. So he worked with me for 23 years. He was a great blessing. He was 90 years old. And when he was, you know, 87, 85, he was still really active in church, still teaching a class and and making visits and and doing all of those things. And I can almost tell you, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, nearly every message, not maybe every single message, but I would say 95% of nearly every message that I would preach, on his way out of church, he would shake my hand and he would say this, Pastor, I needed that. I needed that. And I would be thinking, yeah, he's trying to be, you know, uh, generous. He's trying to be kind. He's trying to be gracious. You know, he's trying to be an encouragement. And, And I'm sure all of that was true. But his spirit was he was always trying to grow. Here's a man that had been in the ministry for 50-something years. He was committed. He was faithful. He was married to his wife for 67, 68 years. They had a great marriage, grew a great, had a great family. Uh, 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 my friend, he, he loved God. He did it with me nearly every single week. But here was a man that was not satisfied where he was in the Christian life. He was always trying to grow. Ladies and gentlemen, if we're not careful, we will become stunt in our growth and we'll get the attitude that we have arrived. You don't arrive until you get to heaven. See, in the Christian life, you're either going forward or you're going backward. We should always be growing. The Bible says, as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word that you might want grow thereby. 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 18 says but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You should always be growing. Once there is a refreshing there will come this flourishing you'll begin to grow. You know what's happened some of you I've seen this a thousand times at my church. Somebody will come like you had visitors today and and maybe they'll walk the or They get saved out from soul winning and and they come and they get baptized and you can just see them flourishing. You can see the transformation that God begins to change them and God begins to work in their life and they they begin to bring a Bible and, and the preacher says, turn to the book of Ephesians and they're over there in the Old Testament. And they're looking around, and they're trying to find Ephesians. I love when I see that. You can see that baby Christian is looking for the book of Ephesians. And, and then you can say, turn to the book of Romans. And they're like, and they're looking for the book of Romans. And then as they begin to come to church, and you can see, uh, you'll say, turn to the book of Romans, and boom, they're there. Turn to the book of Ephesians, boom, they're there. And you can see the growth and, and they're flourishing and, and they're growing. By the way, that used to be some of you. But now that you've been saved for so long, and now you know where the book of Ephesians is and you know where the book of Romans is. And sometimes you know where the preacher's headed with the sermon before he even gets there. And if you are not careful in the Christian life, you will plateau and you will stop growing doesn't matter how long you've been saved ladies and gentlemen you should always be growing in the Lord and it used to be you were flourishing and you were growing but you think you know there? I've already I know the whole Bible and and you know there's not anything else you can teach me well I start with dealing with pride are you with me tonight My friend, I don't care how long you have been saved. You can always learn and grow. If you're not careful, your marriage will just kind of become stale and stunned and your Christian life and your prayer life. Hey, I want my prayer life. I, I, I guess I've studied and read more about prayer than anything there is. But I still feel like I can't even get out of kindergarten when it comes to prayer. I read my Bible. I, I, you know, I read it through like three times last year, and, and you know, I know that's not a whole lot. And uh, but uh, oh, no, four times last year, and and uh, I, I, again, that ain't no kind of record. And and and, and listen to me. I, I, I'm familiar a little bit with the Bible, and I told my church my goal is to one day to be able to go through every single book of the Bible and tell you what every chapter in the Bible is about, from Genesis to Revelation. I cannot do that tonight, but my friend, I. I know know a little bit about the Bible, but I'm still growing. I'm still growing when it comes to knowing the Bible. I'm still growing when it comes to prayer. My friend, I don't want to plateau. I don't want to get the spirit and the attitude that I've arrived. Y'all still with me tonight? When there becomes this refreshing, there will begin this flourishing You know, sin will always stunt your growth. And by the way, not getting planted in church, I don't care who you are, my friend, if you're not faithful to God, you're going to stop growing. I said, if you're not faithful to the house of God, I guarantee you, you're going to stop growing. One of the most discouraging things as a pastor, I got some couples in my church, they're good couples. You would would say they got a good marriage. You would say they, they got it together. They got got it together. They they got a nice home, nice car, money in the bank. They they got it together, but they're not growing. They're not growing. They're not flourishing. May I say tonight, when there's a refreshing, there will be a flourishing. Go back to Hosea tonight quickly. The book of Hosea, chapter 14. Once there's a refreshing, there begins to be a flourishing. I love this. Look at verse number 6. Let me me back up and just read it in the text. You can see it all right here. I will heal their backslide, and I will love them freely, for mine anger is turned away from them. I will be as the dew unto Israel. Look at it. And he shall grow. See, after the dew comes growth. Do you see that? As the the dew, now you got some growth. Now, Now there's beginning to flourish. He shall grow as the lily and cast forth his roots as Lebanon. His branches shall spread. See the growth? And his beauty shall be as the olive tree. Watch this. You'll love this. And his smell as Lebanon. Look at verse 7. They that dwell under his shadow shall return. They shall revive as the corn and grow as the vine. The scent thereof shall be as the wine of Lebanon. Once there's this refreshing... There begins to be this flourishing, and then there comes this fragrance. I'm not good with my English. I call it the fragrance. You know what I'm saying? There comes this sweet smell. Look at it again. I want you to see it in the Bible. Verse 6, His branches shall spread, and His beauty shall be as the olive tree, and His smell as Lebanon. Have you ever said this to somebody, and, and, and you and I knew what you know what you meant when you said it, but you said something like this: "You stink." You ever said that? But you didn't mean like they needed a bath. You didn't. You didn't. You wouldn't mean it that way. You meant your attitude stinks. Your attitude stinks. Now, what you meant by that? The spirit was not putting out a sweet fragrance. Okay, and when you and I are not flourishing, if you're not careful, you're going to begin to lose that fragrance, that sweetness, that smell. You remember? You remember in uh, John chapter twelve when Mary came in into the room there, and she. She broke that alabaster box of ointment upon the Lord. And the Bible says several things that, that it was costly, that it was precious. You know what I'm talking about? Okay, that, that ointment that was probably worth a, a year's wages that she, that she gave the Lord. Remember, the disciples, Judas, spoke up first, but the others began to join in and said, Hey, why wasn't this sold? We could have sold this. It was worth a lot of money, and we could have taken care of a lot of poor people. Remember the story? But if you read that story, the Bible says that that fragrance, that that ointment, that smell filled the house. You ladies know exactly what I'm talking about. I began to invest, you know, talking about stocks. I had a preacher friend of mine said, if you want to know what to invest in, just see where your wife is spending all your money. And so I decided, you know, I'm going to invest in candles. Now, I'm, I'm just picking a little bit here, but my wife, she buys these candles. And every now and then, she will find one, and she will say, man, this thing smells so good. And I'll come into the house, and she'll have this candle burning. And it's like, Boy, honey, that smells good. What kind of candle is that? And then she'll tell me the the name of it. You ladies know what I'm talking about? That's what God wants you and I to be as Christians. He he wants there to be this ornament, this, this fragrance about us that is a sweet smell to God and to those around us. You see that when, when when you have visitors and people come to your church, you want there to be this aroma in your church that goes like, "Man, I like it." You ever you ever smelt fresh baked bread? You ever cooked an apple pie? Hint, hint, hint. An apple pie, man. That thing, they say when you're going to sell a house, cook an apple pie before the folks got there. You've heard that, right? There's just something about that aroma. It just fills the house and it just makes things smell good. When there is a, a, a refreshing, there becomes a flourishing. Then there comes this sweet fragrance. Some of us tonight have lost that sweet fragrance. I don't mean this ugly. The last thing I would ever want to do to visit a preacher's church and to hurt somebody's feelings. But if we're not careful, we'll stink. We'll oh, stink. Go to Revelation chapter number 5. You know, I don't want my prayer life to stink. I don't want my worship to stink. I, I don't want my preaching to stink. I, I don't want my service for God to, uh, to stink. I want you to go to Revelation. I'm going to turn to Jeremiah. While, while you're going to Revelation, I'm going to read a verse over from Jeremiah chapter 6, okay? Can you Can you turn there and listen to this at the same time? Listen to Jeremiah 6. I'll read it to you and I'm going to meet you in Revelation. In Jeremiah chapter 6 and verse 20, to what purpose cometh there to me incense from Sheba and the sweet cane from a far country? Your burnt offerings are not acceptable, nor your sacrifices sweet unto me. God is saying to Israel, you're offering these sacrifices, but they're no longer sweet. To me, you've lost your fragrance. I'm telling you, I can look at my church and my members and some of them, I could say, you have losing your sweetness. You're losing your fragrance that you used to have in your service for God. Look at Revelation chapter number 5. Watch this carefully tonight in the book of Revelation chapter number 5. And, and look with me quickly at Revelation chapter 5 and look at verse number 8. I knew I went too far when I was in the concordance. Revelation chapter five and look at verse number eight. And when he had taken the book, and the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the lamb, having every one of them harps and golden bowls full of odors, which are the prayers of saints. I, I don't. I'm being honest. I don't understand all of that, and, and I can't tell you what all of that means. But there, I tell you, something's going on when we pray. God gathering up some prayers and these prayers come for him and God goes, oh, boy, that is a sweet smell. Have you ever been traveling down the interstate and you go, roll the windows up! Somebody hit a skunk! Do y'all have skunks in California? We have a lot of skunks in Mississippi. And buddy, when you know one has been hit and died, you know it. We're not careful. We'll lose that fragrance. When it comes to our prayer life, when it comes to our teaching, our preaching, our witnessing, you'll lose that, okay? Stay with me tonight. Go back to Hosea chapter number 14. So number one, when there's a refreshing, there comes a flourishing. When there comes a flourishing, there comes a fragrance. you see that? And then watch this. When there's a fragrance, look at verse 7 and 8. They that dwell under his shadow shall return. They shall revive as the corn and grow as the vine. The scent thereof shall be as the wine of Lebanon. Ephraim shall say... What have I to do anymore with idols? I have heard him and observed him. I am like a green fir tree. From me is thy fruit found. Once there's a refreshing, there comes a flourishing. And once there's a flourishing, there comes this fragrance and then there comes fruitfulness. Fruitfulness. Do you know God has got a lot to say about fruitfulness? Go to John chapter 15. We're about done tonight. God has a lot to say about fruitfulness. God wants your life and he wants my life and he wants my church and he wants this church to bear fruit. And you know what really revival is? You know what happens? Revival is not evangelism. Revival is not necessarily a lot of people getting saved. That's evangelism. And a lot of people don't understand the difference between... Revival is for God's people. But here's what I do believe with all of my heart. When God's people are refreshed and they begin to flourish, there becomes a fragrance, whether it's on the job, in the community, there comes, whether you're at a McDonald's or, or wherever you may be, there's this fragrance. In the family, there's this fragrance, and that fragrance becomes attractive. It becomes attractive. And my friend, you begin to bear fruit. You begin to bear fruit. You know what a what stink, what a smell does? It compels. It causes people want to... Get away. We, we, we want to be light and salt. We want to be a fragrance. Look here. I believe there was something about Jesus that, man, you wanted to get around him. There was a sweetness there. Watch this. Watch this. Look in John chapter 15 quickly tonight. In John chapter number 15, and you know these verses. We, we read them, preached them, taught them. But he says, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring what? More fruit. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can you except you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringer forth what? Much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that you may bear, what does it say? Much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. Did you know God wants me and you to bear much fruit? Verse 16, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. I mean, how many verses would I need to read tonight that, my friend, God wants every Christian to be fruitful? I don't mean this ugly, but I I preached enough and have been in enough places there and, and, you know, where where churches were flourishing and thriving and growing and to watch them. The very church that I got saved at ended up closing its doors. It's a long story, but the the property was worth several million of dollars. They wind up giving that facility to my church. I wound up giving it away. I could have sold it and got a lot of money. We wound up giving it away. That's another long story. But, uh, but I wanted a church. So that was the, the very the very place I got saved. That very church closed its doors. At one time, that church was baptizing more people in the state of Mississippi than any other church. At one time, that church was flourishing. At one time, there was an aroma. There was a smell, man. Hey, that that church was attracting people. It was growing. It was booming. And it stopped being fruitful. I remember you'd come there, you'd be looking for a seat to where it was 20-something people, and then it got down to literally zero They literally padlocked the doors and gave me the title to the property. That's happening. Do you know there's a a thousand Southern Baptist churches close every year? There are a hundred independent Baptist churches closing. We talk about the South in the Bible Belt. I could bring you to so many churches in the South that used to have buildings like this where they would be packed, and now they don't even have church on Sunday night or Wednesday night. They used to be fruitful. God wants me and you to be fruitful. Now we, we could debate John 15. When, when the Bible talks about us being fruitful, what does he mean? Are you with me tonight? We could say that soul saved. We could, we, we could get into a debate, but I tell you. When we abide in Christ and He abides in us and we are refreshed and we're flourishing and, and we have this uh, uh, this uh, uh, this fragrance, we begin to be like Christ. I believe fruitfulness is Christ's likeness. I believe fruitfulness is souls being brought to Christ. I, being, I, I believe fruitfulness is bearing the fruit of the Holy Spirit. I believe it's all of those things. When we in the right relationship with Jesus Christ. I believe souls will be saved. God will use us to lead souls to Christ. But it started with the refreshing. Came a flourishing, a fragrance, and then there came a fruitfulness. Go back, we're finished tonight. You say, well, preacher, what is the whole key to this? Go back to chapter 14, I'll show it to you. It's so simple, we'll miss it. It's nothing profound here. But look at these nine verses. Look at verse 1. O Israel, return unto the Lord thy God. It's Just that simple. They needed to get back to God. They just needed to return back to God. And you know tonight what you and I need to do? We just simply need to get back to God. I don't know what's hindering you tonight. Do you need a refreshing? Are you flourishing? Is there a fragrance? Are you bearing fruit? Or would you be honest tonight and say, you know what? Pretty dry. You know, tonight, if I had to be honest, I really hadn't grown much in a long time. I've kind of been just stuck in the Christian life. Preacher, what do I do? How do I get it right? Come to an old fashioned altar, bend a knee, cry out to God, and say to God, God. I don't want to to live a dry Christian life. I I don't want to be mechanical. I don't want to just go through the motions. I I don't want to be stunt in my growth. God, I I want to be refreshed. And and God, I want to flourish. And I want that fragrance so I can bear fruit. Could you imagine what would happen if every member here found a place at an altar tonight? You know what that would begin? That's what we need tonight. We need a refreshing. We need a flourishing. We need a fragrance. We'll be bearing fruit. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed tonight. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. I preach to the church.